What is up, everybody? This is Isaac from the Up the Middle podcast. You guys are about to listen to episode six, titled Revamped. We got new mics, which is new sound. We got new segments, which is new swag. Can't wait for y'all to hear it. Let's get right into it. Here we go. All right, so let's get right into this uh, Kobe Bryant talk. Um, I just want to know, like, where were you? And, like, what were you doing when you found out that Kobe passed and, like, he got into the accident? So, the day before, January 25th, um, is my birthday. So, my parents came down. That was a Saturday. Kobe passed away on a Sunday. My parents came down on Sunday to take me out to lunch. And... I got a text from a buddy of mine who, and all it said was Kobe dead. And everyone knows, like one of the legacies, like when you say Kobe, everyone knows you're talking about Kobe Bryant. And uh, I think, I I think he's, I think he's one of like the few people, first name. Yeah. He's a first first name. Yeah. Like one name and you know who we're talking about. For sure. sure. So So I I responded like, huh? Like no way, whatever. And went on Twitter right away. And it was, like, right when it was being reported. So it was, like, just TMZ and, like, other sources that I've never heard of. So I kind of believe that it was, like, fake. Especially since Kobe was in the news the night before having right. LeBron. Congratulating LeBron. Yeah, congratulating LeBron having That's passed right. him on the all-time scoring list. And so I thought it was fake, whatever. Um, so me and my parents get to the restaurant, and they asked, you know, how am I doing? And I was like, hey, you know, like, I've been better. I heard like rumors are going around that Kobe Bryant died. And it was crazy because as we were at dinner or at lunch, this was, you know, 11, 11, 12. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was about noon, maybe 1230. And as we're at lunch, like we're getting notifications on our phones from, you know, the reliable sources that Kobe had passed away. And, um, so that's how I found out. And where were you? That's crazy, dude. Um, I was with, my girlfriend at the time we were watching we were actually watching the pro bowl pro bowl bro it was crazy i think the game had like just started like you just had their like first series and like all you hear is the broadcaster like just start reporting he's like breaking news like we just found reports that kobe bryant has been found dead and like a helicopter crash and i was like no way bro and like the the way he he went about it was like it doesn't it, it's like he was he was kind of unsure of it too like he didn't want to believe it himself you know what i mean like he's reporting he's like uh breaking news and he, he went hella quiet like it's just like all of a sudden like oh kobe bryant like and like my girlfriend and i were like no way and then that's like like you said bro i was when twitter was like blowing up like no and all and it was crazy is like all the, the media platforms bro like everyone had like a different story if that makes sense. Yeah, I remember, first of all, like, hearing that it was Kobe and, like, his... I've heard... I heard Kobe and, like, his whole family. Yeah, he, they said, like, his four daughters or something. Yeah. yeah. I heard Kobe by himself. I heard, like, four people dead, five people dead. And when I found out that nine people died was... Uh, I was listening to ESPN radio broadcast in the car, and they had the um, L.A. County Sheriff was reporting and doing a press conference and that's when they confirmed that there had been nine people and no survivors um so just uh, it like shocked 
it would it shocked the world. So I want to talk about. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say prayers up to yeah, for sure, Kobe's family and every f- other family that was affected. I think uh, we tend to forget how precious life is sometimes, especially when like a, a famous athlete like that um, passes away. We also uh, don't give the necessary um, attention to everyone else within the helicopter that also passed because I think at the same time there was a there's a coach right like a, a baseball coach yeah a really successful baseball yeah coach. I mean that's just that's crazy but yeah just prayers up to Kobe's family um, and all the other families that were affected but yeah let's get into what made Kobe a one-man name yeah, so Kobe, everyone knows, like we just mentioned, when you say Kobe, you know that you're talking about Kobe Bryant right away. And there's not many one-name celebrities in the world. Like, I can think of, like, Kobe. You can think of Oprah, uh, LeBron, Beyonce, Kanye. I don't know. Can you think of any other ones? Uh, soccer player, Pele. Pele. You think of, like... Ronaldo. Messi, Ronaldo. Those are last names, though. But, like, yeah. first name people, True. one name, like, Kobe is Kobe Bryant. So, just the fact that he was worldwide um, is what made this such a hard death for, the like, anyone to deal with. And what was weird is I've never been, like, a huge Kobe Bryant fan. But, like, the Mamba mentality is something that is talked about all the time. Um, you know, we say Kobe when we're shooting things into like shooting trash to a garbage can or playing basketball, you always aspire to be like Kobe Bryant. And what was interesting to me is I was talking to one of my roommates who is not a basketball fan and like has never cared about Kobe Bryant. And he said that he was feeling it just because the aura of like the room, the aura of everyone on television was so sad so down so negative so it was like it was really shocking going on twitter and uh like seeing what everyone had to say about kobe bryant it was all positive things and how much he's gonna be missed and how he he seemed invincible so that's why to me it was such a surprising death right like you said like is it's just this person that's viewed at like we talked about earlier like as someone who's like untouchable you know and something like this happened and i think it's crazy because these people felt this sadness not because of kobe bryant the basketball player but because of kobe bryant the person you know what i mean like outside of what he did on the court like we talked about mama mentality we we were talking about how competitive he was and how he was just he was just a winner but outside of that man like I've read so much about how he was starting, like, basically his next chapter of life with his four kids, his wife, and, like, all he's doing for, like, women's basketball. And he's trying to, he's basically trying to promote them. And, like, something like this happens. It's just, it's crazy, bro. Like, I don't know. I think that's what people were more sad about was, like, Kobe Bryant, the person, if that makes sense in any way. And Kobe was really 
in my mind, just getting his life started with his daughters, all so young, and, uh, you know, the the very popular video and, like, the video that people were, like, memeing a lot on Twitter was uh, him and Gianna, his daughter, 13-year-old daughter, courtside at a game, and he's, you know, in her ear talking about whatever they're talking about, but she's, like, taking it all in, and you can tell how serious he is and how, like, how genuine his words are to her, and, like he was probably having like the most fun he's ever had in his life in like this chapter of his life. And it was just getting started and to have that taken away, um, to have his daughter taken away with him and for Vanessa, his wife and their other children, it's like uh, their lives will never be the same, obviously. Yeah, of course. And like, I think it's crazy too. I bet you, if you ask him if he felt more nerves playing, or watching his daughters play, he'd probably say watching his daughters play is like way more nerve wracking. For sure, for sure. And it's like, it's just that like ability to pass on what he knows, you know. To not, I mean, not only his daughters. They were talking about how he was he was a coach, right? And they were headed to a tournament, right, to play other teams. And like, it's just it's just heartbreaking to hear that kind of story. And they would just say nine people were on board, I think. Kobe and his daughter, a, w- a wife, husband, and their daughter too, who also play on the team, the pilot, and there. Um, I was reading uh, the head coach was on the plane as well of their uh, team, the daughter's team, and another set of a mom and the daughter. That's just crazy. Yeah. So obviously an emotional time for. Um everyone in Philadelphia where Kobe uh, played high school ball, Uh, everyone in LA and really anyone who was touched by Kobe Bryant or touched by Gianna or touched by any of the other seven victims um, on the plane or on the helicopter, excuse me. But yeah, so we'll just leave it at that. Kobe Bryant, arguably the best player of our generation. Definitely. He's, uh, for me, he retiring in 2016. I mean, we were graduate. I was graduating high school. You were still a junior in high school. Um, Kobe wasn't like extremely relevant in the basketball scene at that time, just because the Achilles injury and like, he was never the same. And like the early 2010s wasn't necessarily the Lakers greatest time or his greatest time of a basketball career. But, um, what a lot of people forget is the same night he scored 60 was it he scored 60 points in his final game uh the Golden State Warriors were also winning their 73rd regular season game record breaking 73rd regular season game and it's like uh two great like moments in basketball and now Kobe's 60 in that final game is so much bigger because he was gone way too soon and like this was not supposed to happen this isn't the way that Kobe was supposed to go out everyone was looking forward to um you know his hall of fame speech but now um with him gone and and Gianna gone and the other seven victims gone um anyone who was close to those people and people who weren't necessarily personal with those people but people like you and me who were fans of Kobe Bryant will never um be the same that's right rest in peace and we're back day after the Super Bowl. It's Super Monday. 
Chiefs coming off a huge win, and I am coming off a failed prediction. Isaac has more. Yeah, so me and Ryan talked personally about the game and what our predictions were. I, of course, took the Chiefs. Ryan took the Niners. He's a huge Niners fan. I am not a huge Niners Something fan, that I bro. Didn't know. You took the Chiefs because you thought they were favored, and you're like, ah, I'm just going to go with the team that's going to win. So I took the Chiefs because they had the best players at every skill position. Um, arguably, arguably took, the best I players at every skill position. I took the Chiefs because they're better in every position, and I knew they were going to win. And Patrick Mahomes, obviously better than Garoppolo. Played better in the second half when it mattered. Damian Williams played better than Raheem Mostert. Tevin Coleman, not necessarily. You got. I don't think they got enough touches. In in probably not. My opinion. We can talk about that later. Yeah. Tyreek Hill played better than Emmanuel Sanders. Travis Kelsey played better than George Kittle. I don't think so. Yeah, it's about, it's about even. I would say. Okay, and then the defenses. I like. 49ers I think the Forty Nineers defense like played better in my opinion. High key Forty Nineers choked in the second half. Like sh- that, um, Sherman got beat. On like two different plays, bro. On that uh, the last touchdown drive, mm-hmm. the one before the rubbish uh, TD at the end. Yep. Yeah. He got burned by. He got burned by Sammy Watkins, bro. All right, let's talk about Kyle Shanahan. Let's not, because bro had what fi- outscored fifty-two to zero in the 52 last two to zero. He's been yep. To. So if for those that don't know, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator meaning he was calling the plays for the Atlanta Falcons when they blew a 28-3 to lead in the Super Bowl a few years back to the Patriots. 2016 Super Bowl. Yes, sir. And then he was up 20-10 to against the Chiefs um, in the fourth quarter, and the Chiefs threw up 21 unanswered points and ended up winning 31-20. to So is Kyle Shanahan who, – who do you put more blame on? Kyle Shanahan or Jimmy Garoppolo? I think both. And here's why. Shanahan, yes, because, like, I well, we actually don't know for sure, like, who was calling plays, you know, at the end. But we just assume because he's the head coach, he has a lot of say in, like, what's going to be called, right? We do know. Kyle Shanahan's calling the plays. He was? Yes. Oh, okay, well, anyway. Wait, so he's the OC and the head coach. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, anyway. Okay, Kyle Shanahan's calling plays. But he did drop a good play towards the end of the game that had uh, Sanders streaking, and Garoppolo just absolutely misses him. I don't. I, I can't speak because I'm not an NFL quarterback, but I assume that other 30 other quarterbacks could make that throw. The argument could be made. I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm pretty sure a lot of 49ers fans are upset about that. As they should be, but I'm not going to put a whole game on, a whole football game on one specific play. Obviously, that play would change the outline of the game. If they if they make that pass. He's a touchdown, right? Like, he's wide. It's a, right? Yeah, it's a touchdown. He's, he's walking to uh, if, he, if he throws it to him in stride, it's a tough throw, but I'm not prepared to say, like, Jimmy Garoppolo is solely to blame because of that specific play. I think that Kyle Shanahan, uh, especially, like, with – the reputation that he has now of blowing basically two uh, double-digit Super Bowl leads is he, like he choked, dude. He choked, like he choked, and now that's gonna hang over him until he wins the Super Bowl. And like being in the NFC West, they have a talented team, but being in the NFC West with, of course, the Seahawks 
and like the Rams and the Cardinals have Kyler Murray and they're on the rise, like these teams are only going to be getting better. And it's not like the it's not like the Niners are guaranteed back in the NFC Championship or guaranteed back in the Super Bowl. Like the Chiefs have a better chance of having this like three to five year dynasty than the 49ers for sure, just because the Chiefs in the AFC have like themselves and like Lamar Jackson and the Ravens basically. Well, in the NFC, you got like way, you got Dallas, you got Green Bay is always going to be around because of Aaron Rodgers. You got Russell Wilson, the Bro, Seahawks, and the rest old, of the NFC West. What's that? Aaron Rodgers big old. Yeah, he's old, but he's he is Aaron Rodgers. Like a once great player can always be great again at any moment. And so if like, you know, if Aaron Rodgers sneaks into the playoffs every year, he has a chance to make a run because he's Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Well, besides that, um, I don't know. Four Niners had a great season. Hats off to them. They definitely overachieved. They they went from a four-win team last yeah. year to literally making the Super Bowl. And so that's pretty cool. Being like, what, 15 minutes away from a, a Super Bowl title. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't discredit how good the Chiefs were this season. Mahomes gets hurt in the middle of the season, right? Dislocates his knee. Kind of at one point, it was almost like they were just going to go streaking for like four or five straight losses. And then they they make their way into the playoffs, of course. He comes back, and, I mean, the rest is history because of how good their weapons are on offense, like you talked about. Tyreek, Kelsey, Miko Hardman, Sammy Watkins. It's just it's crazy. Yeah, they have a crazy amount of weapons. Well, I someone who's not or like a team that's not getting enough credit in all of this and this is gonna surprise you is the Miami Dolphins because the Miami Dolphins beating the Patriots in week 17 handed the Kansas City Chiefs that two seed and the bye into the in the first round of the playoffs and of course like that really 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 helped them out if they don't get the bye they're essentially not winning the Super Bowl just like statistically speaking like that's just what it shows, like teams that get the buyer that end up being the Super Bowl right. champions. So they're not winning Super Bowl if it's not for the Miami Dolphins. I mean, they you get the one week extra rest, right? Yep. They don't have to go through a tough Titans team. Remember how the Titans literally dominated the Patriots that game, right? So in scenario, yeah, in they, scenario, they ended up being the Titans. Then but, they would ha- then they would have had to play yeah. the Ravens. Right? Yeah, I mean the the, the matchups would have been. Either or, I guess they yeah they face right. it they get the three seed they face the Titans first if they get past them then they're Ravens or Patriots like, yeah like so it's it's a tough road regardless um well they they'd end up playing they would be the three seed they would have played the Patriots because the Patriots would have been the two seed okay, yeah. so it's but regardless it's still a tough road um and then they might catch the Ravens in the AFC Championship instead of the Titans and it's like that's a whole different matchup yeah especially with Lamar on the other side of the ball MVP Lamar. Congratulations yep. to him as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Big trust. So, yeah, congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs. Congrats to Patrick Mahomes. Congratulations to Andy Reid. All, like, a, a team that I think is easy to root for because of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Um, so, yeah, shout out to those guys. XFL is next Saturday, I think. So, it's good. No, no, this Saturday, actually. This Saturday? Mm-hmm. Sweet. So, like, it's not like we're missing football. So, XFL... Short season. Just a bunch of guys running around trying to get CTE real quick. You know, it's, it's XFL, baby. I'm so interested to see how many of those guys eventually get an opportunity in the NFL because of their XFL play. Like, and that'd exposure. be crazy. I think it's going to be a really low number. What do you I, think? I don't know. I'd say, like, 
where we have eight eight teams, I, I think, in this league, right? Eight teams, four in each division. You have about 60 dudes, maybe about, per roster. I'd say 60 times eight. I say literally only like eight or ten guys. You even get like a chance to try and make an NFL roster. Yeah, so we agree on that. Yeah. Low number for sure. Yeah, for sure. And so we're going to get into one of our new segments. Of course, we have three new segments in this revamp episode six of the Up the Middle podcast. And so this new segment is called Joke of the Pod. Joke of the Pod. So point of it, quick info, just going to have um, either Isaac or I, Isaac and I, excuse me. Well, my, my English is bad today. Um, try and tell a jo- joke to one another and... Whoever laughs loses, and the other person gets a point, and we will keep tally over these episodes that we're going to go over. So, of course, I'm going to start it off. Wait, so, just to clarify, if I don't laugh, I get a point? Yes, yes. And if I do laugh, you get a point? Yes. Okay. I'll be telling three are, jokes. Are we going, tonight. like, uh, visually, do I have to make a noise with my like laugh, or is like a showing teeth, like I, a I, smile? I, I think, think we should go, we like, can go honesty with teeth here. Okay, let's go honestly. Okay, okay. All right. I, like, I like that. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Joke number one. Jesus Christ, hold on. This guy has no conclusion. Okay, I'm ready. What do you call someone with no body and no nose? What do you call that? Nobody knows. <laughs> That's funny. That's ah. not going to make me laugh. Okay, 0 for 1. You got the ding, point ding, on ding, that. Ding, 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 ding. I have two more jokes. Two more? Goddamn. Okay, here we go. What is up. the least spoken language in the world? I don't know. Sign language. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we definitely got to laugh out that one. And it was a laugh out loud. It wasn't sign language. That's good, bro. Uh, that reminds me of those memes where, um, like on Twitter, when you make fun of blind people and someone like, Quotes it, responds, and says, like, wait till the blind people see this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. You got one more or what? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I do have one more. All right. This one, no shot. You, you should have saved your best joke for last because that last one, the sign language one, was hilarious. So good luck. No, yeah. yeah this, this, one's, this one's pretty funny. Okay. Ready? Yep. My friend keeps saying, cheer up, man. It could be worse. You could be stuck underground in a hole full of water. I know he means well. <laughs> Damn, that was even better. I think the delivery is Bro, just on point. That was even better. That the was delivery great delivery. Is just on point. Yeah, that was great delivery. Because I was like, "Damn, this guy's telling a whole story. He's gonna lose me. Like, you're gonna lose my interest." You did, completely did not. Yeah, that was a really good joke. Point so, like, uh, you got two points. Yeah. So Sweet. next Sweet episode, one. I have to say three jokes. Yes, and I'm gonna go for this clean sweep. And I think there should be like some more. I think there should be more on the line. We can talk about this later. But if I get like a clean sweep in either direction, I don't know. It should be like, like extra bonus point. Extra bonus okay, point, like, or like even like a punishment of some sort, like Ooh, a necking or something. I like, like that. I know how you, okay, and and then and then the fans could could decide on like the punishment. A punishment for losing. Yeah, yeah. What's the what's the joke? Joke of the pod. Joke of the pod. Yeah. Okay. Joke of the pod. Sounds good. And here we are talking about NBA All-Star Game 2020. Team just got announced. Reserves just got announced. Starters and reserves got announced. Excuse me. And of course, inevitably, we have the All-Star snubs. 
So I'm going to start it out just talking about two players specifically, one from each conference, of course. And I'm going to start with the most famous snub probably right now in, in Twitter news with Bradley Beal. Now, Bradley Beal is an absolute dude this year. Coming coming off a year that started off with John Wall, of course, not in the starting lineup, Bradley Beal has established himself as probably one of the, not I don't want to say the best guard, but arguably a top five guard in the, in the <clears throat> Eastern Conference right now. And I think it's just crazy, crazy, crazy that he doesn't get chosen even as a reserve. So let's look at the starting lineups real quick. I'll just go through it hella speedy. We have Kemba, Trey Young starting, Giannis, Pascal, and Embiid. Of course, no one's going to argue with that. Having great years. But then you get to the reserves, and you have a man named Kyle Lowry in there, bro. And he is literally averaging 19.9 points per game and 7.3 assists. So I just want to say, how? Bradley Beal is averaging 28.6 with 6.3 assists. <clears throat> yeah. I'm going to make the case for Kyle Lowry real quick. No, so, dude, no. The the Wizards wow, the, I'm gonna the make Wizards the case real quick. Okay, the, the Wizards, Wizards are not are good because not, they don't have their team. I understand that. Kyle Lowry led the Toronto Raptors through Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Fleet's injuries to still be a top team but in the what, Eastern Conference. What, what does Bradley And Bradley Beal Bradley Beal hasn't really done lost that. Rui Hachimura. Who's a rookie coming out? Starter, starter. He was a starting oh, okay, rookie, okay, bro. Okay, and he okay, was okay, okay. He was doing pretty decent. You know, he's Ryan, doing pretty decent. That's the worst argument I've ever heard. First of all, you're okay. No, I, I was just giving you an example of how smooth the Wizards are right now. Like, who do they have? I'm saying, yes, like, they're horrible. Think about it. That's like, remember when Kobe was playing with like all those boof dudes in the Lakers in like, like from like 12 to 15. When like no one knew who they were. So when he was thirty, when he okay, was okay, but like, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just old. saying. Like okay, I understand, but like Beal is literally trying to carry this team on his back without John Wall hurt, without like two forwards hurt. Like what? What do you want him to do? Like what? Okay, name another person on the Wizards right now. I bet you, you can. Yeah. See exactly. So it's like you you can't make the argument of like him not being able to lead his team because he's doing good like the ball literally needs to be in his hands every possession so i don't i don't know to me that's just mind mind blowing then my other pick was uh devin booker i don't know big booker fan not only because of drake i think there's i think there's less of a like a rebuttal against devin booker i what's weird about both those guys is like if they were announced as starters. I don't think that people would be like, "What the hell is that?" Yeah, that's kind of crazy, huh? But like now they're not even reserves, right? Yeah, I saw so. a stat today that it was like the first time that someone who averaged twenty seven over twenty seven points a game didn't make the All Star team. Two yeah, two, two players, of them right? did it in the same NBA, season, right? right? Yeah, so kind of weird. Um, so yeah, those guys are obvious, obvious snubs. The one that I'm gonna go with is Andre Drummond. Actually, before well, I'll go into Andre Drummond first. So Andre Drummond averages Mr. Rebound, man. Mr. Rebound, man. He averages almost 16 rebounds. He's at 15.7 clip right now, two steals, almost two blocks, and 17 points a game. And I find the person I would take off the All Star reserves and replace with Andre Drummond 
is um, another center in Bam Adebayo for the Miami Heat. Um, Bam averages 16, gets a block, and averages 10 rebounds. Obviously still a fantastic season. Whenever you're averaging a double-double, it's a fantastic season in my opinion. But Andre Drummond is overall the better player. I, I guess you could, the knock on Andre Drummond is, again, the Pistons are not competing. And the Heat are, like, very highly, competing very, very highly. But Bam is not the best player on that team. The Pistons are not competing, and he kills like kills himself at the free throw line. Andre does. Andre does. But sixteen I mean, rebounds, I, bro. I, sixteen I rebounds. I get that, but think about back in the day when like none of the centers could shoot free throws. Do you remember that? Sixteen rebounds. He should be an All Star. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, I okay. But pull up, pull up the uh, the rosters again. Yeah. And yeah, I have it right in front of me. Are you taking off of the reserves and replacing with Devin Booker? Devin Booker. Oh, Chris okay. Paul. Obvious. Easily. Yep. And then for the Eastern Conference? Of course, I was taking off You're Kyle taking off Kyle Lowry. Lowry. Okay. In place of Beal. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I'm okay with that. And no one, I don't think anyone will have an argument. I don't think anyone will argue that. Right. And what's weird about that is, like, people say popularity contests, but Devin Booker and Bradley Beal are very popular players, especially Devin Booker. He's a very popular player. He's wet like I'm Book, wet like I'm Lizzie. Yeah. The, the crazy thing to me is... Um. Right now, I don't even think those two players are the number one players on their team. Shy Gillis Alexander playing way better than Chris Paul, bro. That's just crazy. I can make I can make right? that Dennis Schroeder is also playing yeah. better. Than yeah, Chris also Paul. yeah. Okay, and then and then you have Lowry too, right? Like we were talking about, he has Van Fleet. Okay, but Van Fleet's obviously not going to be talked about more than he is. But Pascal Siakam, dude, is a absolute animal. And then you they just have a deep team. Know. Like they they have a very solid team. Yeah, but it's just crazy to me that B.O. and Booker just make it. And, yes, a drum in 16 rebounds. Bruh. All right, that's All-Star snubs. I'm still going to watch the All-Star game. Oh, yeah, for sure. Talking about our favorite great game, the greatest game on planet Earth, that is baseball. And in about 10 days, February 10th for uh, some teams, February 11th, 12th, February 14th for some other teams on Valentine's Day, pitchers and catchers are officially reporting to their spring training facilities which means opening day is right around the corner. We're going to be kind of going through what, who we like, what rotations do we like, speaking of pitchers and catchers. Also, our way-too-early World Series 2020 predictions. Way, way, way. So I'll start with just kind of like, let's start with like what, what, what team we're, we, we like, but not necessarily like who we're picking for the World Series, but what team we're excited to watch. And I'll start with the San Diego Padres because, first of all, I, I'm I'm someone who still believes in Manny Machado. I know like a lot of people don't. I still believe in Manny Machado. I'll, obviously, he's probably not worth the, the contract that he got, but I still believe in him as like an all-star caliber player. Fernando Tatis Jr. could be like... An absolute beast. He could be like He's a top five beast. player in the league, like this year, if he like if he plays to his full potential. He's a top five player in the league, and I think no doubt he got hurt last year, right? Hurt, Something yeah. happened, right? He was hurt, yeah. So he was hurt. Uh, I believe a groin issue on like a pretty like kind of gross play. He hurt his groin. Um, so if he's back full healthy, Machado plays well. They also have like a top two or three uh, prospect. They have the, they have the like, number one rated so, MLB prospect right now. Yeah. Okay, so number one. So if it, so if number one rated MLB prospect, um, system farm system, 
um, that means that, you know, if it comes down the line and they're, and they're um, in the position to make the playoffs, make a playoff run, they can trade some of those pieces away and maybe get some talented free agents or begin to call some of those guys up and have them contribute for the big league squad. So I like the San Diego Padres. Ryan, who do you like? Actually, I lied. Wander Frank. Oh, Wander Franco. Wander Franco's from, on the race. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, he's the no, no, no. He's the number one prospect. prospect right. But I'm talking about farm, farm system. system. Yeah, they. I think they have, the they have a very good farm one. system. Right, 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 right. I'm I'm trying to find like a stat here with, okay, the highest a Padre they have is a 20th ranked, Taylor Trammell. Apparent. Wow, kid's only 22. High ceiling. All right, so anyway, yeah, let's get into my prediction here. Or before not you actually start, prediction, before you start, MLB top 10 farm systems, Padres is one, Rays two, Braves three. So that's something you have to consider. So that's why I like the Padres. And the Rays are a great pick too. I'm, so I'm interested in what you have to say. Well, um, speaking of farm, farm systems, I think one of the best in the AL would have to be the White Sox. So the White Sox are my pick for this year. Great pickups in Yasmani Grandal and re-signing Jose Abreu to a contract, I believe. And uh, what is that kid's name from OSU? Nick Madrigal is in their farm system. Luis Robert. He, I think he was actually top three. Yeah, yeah, he's top three here. And then you have another, look, another prospect. Number 21, Andrew Vaughn. Like, their their prospects are absolutely loaded, probably almost equivalent to the Padres, but probably not as good overall. But I think the Sox sneak in into the playoffs this year. Tim Anderson, who, I'm pretty sure there's a big name I'm leaving out of this. Dude. Dallas, Dallas, okay, but they picked up Dallas Keuchel and they picked up Gio Gonzalez as well, and um, Giolito. Yeah, they they so and and uh. Michael Kopech, who's a name that I remember from. Yeah, so hopefully he's good. He's he's 23 years old, born in 96. Yikes. And so now it's time to make our way, 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 way too early bold predictions for the World Series 2020. It takes place in October. It is only, what is it, January 31st? So yeah, this is pretty bold, nine months away, so... Uh, we're going to take our best stab at it. So I'm going to start it and say, I'm going to go with real classic MLB teams here. Super basic. Dodgers, Yankees, 2020 World Series. The Yankees pulling it off. Winning their 28th World Series. Um, I just wanted to compare lineups here. You have LeMahieu coming off a freaking star-studded year. Could have been MVP. Easily could have been MVP. Easily, okay. LeMahieu batting one. Judge. Glaber Torres, another just like came out of nowhere and just pushed himself to become the superstar. You know what I mean? We, um, the Yankees lose. DD has shortstop. But I, I don't think that's uh, it's not really a big deal in my opinion. I mean, a lot of people can debate on that, but. So LeMahieu batting first, Judge second, Glaber third, Stanton fourth. He hasn't even shown his potential in Yankee in the in a Yankee uniform yet. Do you think that he 
Like, has that been like? Will he ever perform like he did in Miami in New York, or does he need to do that? No, I, I don't think he does, especially with this with this roster and with the amount of people, good good talent wise people on that team, and followed up by Gary Sanchez. Gardner signed the one year. <clears throat> then it gets tricky because you have Miguel Duhar, who's coming off an injury, right? Who was replaced by Giovanni Urshela, but. Dude went off, Urshela speaking. He went off last year, just stepped into the role and filled it perfectly. And then you have Voight, who was also hurt at one point, which moved LeMahieu to first, right? And then you have Mike Talkman, kind of a kind of a all-around, just contact hitter, not the best fielder, best arm, but pretty average. So I think it gets tricky when you get to that, like that World Series that we're talking about, playoffs, you know what I mean? And I think the Yankees starting pitching now holds up and their bullpen, of course, best in the game. So that's what's going to carry them to win, I think, over the Dodgers. Why Why do you like the Dodgers to get there yeah. to the World Series? Yeah. So, I mean, you have you have Bellinger coming off MVP here. Um, let's see. I had Justin Turner at third base, kind of iffy. I know they're discussing – Trading, possibly trading for a third baseman, but I, I'm pretty sure that's out the window. Just signed Seager again. Alex Verdugo, dude's kind of a stud. Jock Peterson batting one. Max Muncy. Max Muncy, low key a sleeper in my eyes. Like, I think everyone overlooks Max Muncy, but he's a great player, great hitter. Um, and then you have catcher Will Smith and second baseman Gavin Lux. So, Gavin Lux. Number two on the prospect watch list this year, 2020. So I'm he, I'm I'm sure guaranteed he's gonna get the call up. So we'll see how he fits into that role too, with a a good mix of vets and rookies and and such. So uh, Dodgers pull out probably above the Braves, I believe, probably for the <clears throat> the NL title. But I think I I'm pretty sure the Yankees are gonna win. Yeah, I like the Yankees too. And like hearing you talk about the Dodgers makes me really like the Dodgers as well. But I'm going to pick the Braves out of the NL simply because of that addition of Marcelo Zuna is big. Uh, their lineup is only going to get better. They have tons of young players. Ozzy Albies is extremely young. Acuna is a top, could be a top five player in the league. Freddie Freeman is like the veteran that's going to lead them all. Um, I think they're, oh, and Mike Shiroka is like an absolute beast. He's 22 years old, maybe 23, and he's like he's a, he was a Cy Young candidate last year. So I think they're one starting pitcher, one arm away from making that World Series run, but I really like them to be in the sweepstakes for a high-stakes free agent pitch, starting pitcher. Uh, and if they're able to make that addition, they're going to roll to the World Series, but the Yankees, of course, have the best roster top to bottom. It's not... It's like the Yankees and then, like, everyone else, basically. The Yankees, and then there's a few teams kind of in the middle that can compete with the Yankees, maybe, but the Yankees adding Garrett Cole, like, took them over the top pitching. They already had the best lineup in the league last year, so they're just going to continue to be better. So Yankees will probably be the 2020 World Series champs beating the Atlanta Braves. I think we can come to agreement here that the Dodgers will inevitably be playing the Braves for the NL title. And... 
That's what I would love to see. I think that's I think that's the best NL um, matchup. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. That's like one of the favorites right now. Like being like real basic, but I think when you when ah, dude to me what jumps out is like that Braves versus Dodgers starting pitching. Like the Braves, the Braves don't have the arms I think to keep up with the Dodgers. If that makes sense. Like, uh, Braves have great talent. Yes, hitting wise, Acuna, yeah. Albies, Freeman, but, uh, consistent hitter. But I, I don't. But Kershaw, playoff Kershaw. <sighs> Are you worried about okay, that? But that was against the Astros who cheated. You gotta be worried about. You gotta be worried. It's not just against the Astros. You can look at anything that he. No, did, okay, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But then you have a young Walker Bueller who just got like playoff experience under his belt. Dude's just a pure winner, and I think the only downfall is losing Kyunjin Ryu to free agency. Right, he signed with the Blue Jays. I don't believe that that like you say it's the only downfall. I don't think that can be overstated. Like that. Is a huge oh, yeah, piece for that sure. they lost. Like definitely, unless they go ahead and try and trade, you know what I mean? Try and trade for a starting pitcher, but I don't think they'll get the caliber that Hyunjin like produced that last year because he was like their ace at one point. You know what I mean? He's leading. He's leading the league in every, almost every pitching category, and his ERA was so down, bro. And like, I don't know. You look at it now, like it's kind of skeptical. But when I Put that comparison with the Braves. It's just Kershaw, Bueller, Kenta Maeda, Alex Wood, and Julio Urias. Like some of them they're are solid. unestablished, but they're solid. Like let me let me hear the Braves starting pitching right now. Shiroka, Sean Newcomb, and it goes down here after that. Oh God! Yeah, that, it, uh, see that's tough. No, hold on. Cole Hamels. Mike Fulte. Fulton Evich. Mike Fulton Evich. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, he's decent. All star at one point. Yeah, so I mean, there's good players. Right, but against a lineup like that is as diverse as, as uh, the Dodgers lineup is, like, belly proof, he can hit lefties now. You know what I mean? A jock, is, a jock is your platoon, so he'll swap time with any righty in the outfield. Max Muncy proved he can hit lefties. Justin Turner, great hitter. Verdugo produced a lot last year when the Dodgers needed him. Seager coming back. I think this, like Seager coming back from a Tommy John two was it two years ago now. I think last year was like kind of like his, re, not rebuilding, but like getting back into a year. And this year he'll break out into the the all-star that I think the Dodgers think that they drafted. Then you have, of course, the rookie, Gavin Lux. We'll see how he does. I mean, it's hard to tell. You never know with rookies. But, yeah, I I mean, that's just my prediction. All right, so we both agree on the Yankees. You're going with the Los Angeles Dodgers out of the NL, and I'm going with the Atlanta Braves out of the NL. Again, our way too early 2020 World Series picks. So we're back again with our final segment of the episode. This segment, we're going to be going through what music we've been listening to lately. We each picked out a song that either the listeners have heard or we want them to hear. It's guaranteed bangers 24-7. Let's get into it. I'm going to start with a song that's been out for a while and like a song that like TikTok like probably helped. It's clout. But I'm going to start. I'm going to play a little clip for you guys. 
I'm sure everyone will. Not not too much for the copyright, you know what I mean? And like no free ads, but here we go. Shout out Doja, Doja Cat. Cat. So, it's weird. Uh, my girlfriend put me onto this song, uh, and put me onto Doja Cat like a while ago. In like in the okay, let me, let me just yeah, ask one question. What I I understand your girlfriend put you on, but what made you interested in just like listening to the song over and over again? Like, of course you're gonna listen to, give it that try, probably. But like, what probably? Yeah. Yeah probably you yeah so the song is like pretty groovy my initial like if you listen to a lot of doja cat uh i was i thought she was like trying to be like the next Nicki minaj like kind of copying her sound or whatever but like this song is really cool and so doja cat featuring tiger 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 Tiger. i gotta go what's in the building (laughs) that's officially an official banger uh, so that's my song. That's my song of the week. All right, respect. What about you? It's a great song. I'm not gonna disagree. I always dance that song in the gym. Yes, sir. It's it's groovy, like you said. It's yes, groovy. Sir. It just makes you want to get up on your feet and dance. But yes, sir. I don't think any song makes you more hungry than the song I'm about to play. So the song's called. Makes you more hungry. What does that mean? Can you get into that a little bit? Like hungry, as in like wanting food. No, I like wanting food, motivated. like wanting to eat something. Oh, okay. So li- literally hungry. Liter- literal hunger in your stomach, okay. wanting food. All right, let's to hear be it. Consumed. Let's hear it. Watermelon Sugar Harry Styles. Girls from my high school are screaming right now when they're in middle school because Harry Styles is back. That was Harry Styles? Yeah, One Direction. Remember him? Harry Styles. Yeah, I remember yeah, him. Yeah, that's that's him. Yeah, that sounded good. I thought that was like, uh, you know, like a native song from Hawaii. It has a sound. So that's... But, but I, speaking of girlfriends, my girlfriend also put me on the song. we were talking about like doing this segment, I thought for sure you would only pick native artists. And like who have the reggae sound? That's what I thought. Maybe, maybe I'll do that next uh, next episode. But I'm now. glad that you branched out. But I'm also. But that being said, I'm also very much looking forward to hearing, like some classic reggae, okay. sound from the islands. We'll do. But yeah, yeah let me explain why I chose this song. Okay, yeah, let's hear it. Um, my girlfriend, of course, likes Harry Styles. We grew up in a time where One Direction was huge. Remember that for for girls, it was just such a big thing. I would not say just for girls, but... Okay, yeah, okay. But I mainly, digress. like, back in the day, girls were so, like, in love with them. And my girl still likes One Direction, not the entirety of the band, but, like, the musicians that were in it. So Harry Styles is one of them. Watermelon Sugar, she showed me the song. And after listening to it, I swear, I, I'm not sure if I'm the only one, so I need you fans to, like, come into agreement with me here that I get hungry for like dessert or something really sweet when I hear the song. Like watermelon sugar. Like I can literally see like candied watermelon just melting in my mouth, bro. Like I don't know how you feel about that, but that's my explanation. Shout out Harry Styles. Shout out watermelon sugar. Shout out Doja Cat, Tyga. And I keep it juicy, juicy. So that wraps it up for episode six. 
revamped. I hope you guys really enjoyed the episode. Really love talking about sports, music, everything in between. Pop culture. Your your jokes were hilarious, which I really enjoyed. Appreciate it. Really excited to react to the Super Bowl and everything else that happens within the next week. Um, really excited to talk more about the All-Star game. Really excited to talk more about the MLB season, which is coming up. And talk more about our season, which is coming up. And going off that, what we're planning on doing is having teammates from St. Martin's University on the podcast every week doing kind of like a player spotlight for our team. Blast listening to these guys and kind of a chance for our listeners to learn more about the St. Martin's baseball roster, kind of get St. Martin's baseball on the map a little bit more so you guys can follow us through our season. It's a long season. It's getting started tomorrow. We're heading down to George Fox to play George Fox University uh, down in Oregon. It's going to be a great time. So look for all those things coming up. Stay with us on the socials. I'll say I'm out. Ryan, you have any last words? I do not, actually. For once, I'm speechless, which is kind of odd. That's like the perfect way to end the podcast. Deuces.